How's it going, everyone? My name is Reagan Harrell, and welcome in to another episode of Suncast. We have just a little bit different kind of episode about how we're going to go about it today. Uh, student athlete life never fails to excite or change. I'm sure many of y'all are student athletes, y'all all know that, but Josh and I are unable to record together for this episode. Uh, just not going to go into all the details and everything, just the way it worked out this week. The way we're going to do it is we're going to have the interview with Emily Lamore. We get the goalkeeper for the Thomas Nighthawks. Then it will be me with a weekend preview, a little bit of midweek recap. And I'll go a little bit into the preseason polls for softball and for baseball. Those dropped earlier this week. And a little bit of a surprising reaction of I'm sure many of the OG fans of Suncast would be a little bit surprised by what I got to say for the ranking so y'all stay tuned with that but before we get into the interview with emily this interview is brought to you by mr vaughn himself el Baron. if you go to weber southeastern or warner university is definitely worth the drive if you do not go to one of those schools in the polk county area whenever you come and play weber it's right across the street i highly recommend Going over there, maybe like a little post-team meal, something like that, after you play Weber or Warner. You know, Weber Warner, obviously, five minutes from one another. And Elberon is right there by Minimax in the food truck. Love Mr. Vaughn. Great food. Uh, best way to describe it is kind of like Chipotle, but way better, way fresher. So, with that being said, here is Thomas Nighthawk goalkeeper, Emily Lamore. All right, welcome on a very special guest is em Emily Lamoureux. Turns out I've been saying that completely wrong the entire time. Uh, <laughs> you should you should have DM me by hey, you're saying my name all. No, you're fine. I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Thomas Nyhawk, goal goalkeeper, one of the best keepers in the country. She has been simply incredible to watch. I was like, all right, we got to have a Nyhawk on, and who better than Emily? Shout out to two two nine for those who don't know. Thomasville is where Thomas University is. It's about 30, 45 minutes from my hometown. So got got to show some up to 229. So Emily, thank you a lot for, for uh, coming on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So uh, after the COVID season in 2020, 2021, Thomas made the NAI, NAI tournament. Uh, then you follow that last year's 2021 season. Didn't go as well. Y'all finished eight and nine. Came up short of making the conference tournament. Y'all now the four seed. Um, it, we'll get into a lot more of that talk uh, later on in, in the episode. But how have y'all used that motivation from last year, not making the tournament, to being a much improved team this year? So every season we actually like to set goals for ourselves. And at the end of that season, we wanted to raise our expectations and set some goals. And um, we let those losses like really push us. And looking back, we've showed like a lot of improvement and it really just like pushed us to get to where we are right now. Yeah. I see that uh, a lot. You know, obviously I didn't cover soccer as much last year, but looking back at it and coming into the year, y'all were a team. I was kind of thinking y'all would be on the outside looking in for the majority of the year, kind of fighting for that six seed. And honestly, the narrative, what y'all did, y'all and Weber pretty much flip flop what I thought. I thought Weber would be that, four seed, maybe knocking on three seed for most of the year to compete with the top 15 teams in the conference, SCAD, Kaiser, and Southeastern. And we look at it at the end of the year as a complete opposite. Um, y'all had a, pre a pretty – it was a pretty close game there at the end with Southeastern. And then, obviously, y'all have a draw with uh, SCAD, and then you tie – no, not 
arguably should have tied, but lose 2-1 to Kaiser, really good team. And y'all will have a chance to, you know, avenge a little bit of that if y'all take care of business against St. Thomas. The way I'm looking at the bracket, I'll talk about a little bit more, but it's kind of looked like there will be Kaiser in uh, sitting there if y'all do beat St. Thomas. And then we'll see what happens with Scad and Weber on the top half of the bracket. But um, I, I, th I think we know who's favorite in that game. But <laughs> Ahead of the tournament coming up, uh, what, what's the Nighthawks mentality heading into the conference tournament? So we're obviously like stoked right now. We're yeah. feeling so confident, um, including for Saturday's game. Uh, it's going to be a doubleheader, and that means all of our boys team, we're going to have a bunch of fans there just rooting us on, and we're just super, super confident going in. Yeah, it's going to be I, – I, I can't even imagine how electric it's going to be. By the way, y'all's – it's just like when I watch y'all's game, just the overall backdrop, I feel like by now there's kind of oak trees y'all have in the back. Are they starting to kind of turn uh, turn colors and that? Like that's going to be an all-time <laughs> all look on, on the camera. What time uh, are the two games again? I forgot. Um, our game is at 11, and then the boys' game starts at 3. I I'm pretty positive they're playing Weber Saturday. Yeah, yeah they are playing Weber. All right, so I definitely won't catch any of y'all's game because we kick off at 12 against St. Thomas. So we're playing St. Thomas football. Y'all play St. Thomas. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that that's going to be a fight. That's a big game for football because if we win that one, that sets up a conference championship game with Kaiser. So, uh, yeah, Josh, I always cover oh, football, nice. but I, I've been I've been buzzing all week about it. <laughs> electric. Um, but, but, yeah, I won't be able to catch that one. I'll probably I'll find out the score, you know, probably – right after the game, and I'm, I'll probably be able to catch some of the game. I'm not going to lie, 3.30, Georgia's playing Tennessee, and, like, that's that's where the rest of my focus is going. Oh, yeah, trust yeah. me, my boyfriend has been talking about it. <laughs> um, is, he a, is he a Georgia fan or a volunteer? Um, He is – he's neither, actually. I can't remember what team he roots for, but <laughs> he's going to be so well, mad. <laughs> I'm a – I am, like, a diehard Georgia fan. If we win this game, I'll be – unbearable in the next episode but anyways going back to to uh soccer what in y'all's position to make the NAI tournament from the way it's looking and from kind of what I think how everything is going to go go on across the country I think at the minimum y'all probably need to make the conference tournament or make the conference uh final uh you know get a win over Kaiser to make it to Orange Beach what would it what so what do you think it's going to take and what are y'all going to have to do to go in the tournament, play well, and get to Orange Beach, Alabama? So I am a big believer of hard work always pays off. That is my quote. That's what's, like, guided me to get where I am today. So I really believe that hard work is going to take a lot of work at practice. It's going to take a lot of hard work outside of practice, like making sure we're eating right, we're getting enough sleep, we're not going out doing crazy things. It's just going to take a lot of hard work. And I believe – that everybody on the team wants it as much as I do. So I'm not really, not really worried about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, it, it'll be awesome. I really hope y'all, y'all do make it. I'll be there um, in orange beach. If everything kind of goes how we think it, think it will at least two, probably three cross my fingers, at least three teams from the sun conference will make it to orange beach. I think there's a very good possibility. Uh, uh, Lead me into my next question. This is the best conference in the country in women's soccer. I don't think that's up for debate as much anymore. Uh, I, I think there are a couple that are right up there, but I say the Sun Conference is definitely one. Maybe you can maybe make a vote for 1A. Well, um, 
But what, what is it about this conference that do you think that makes it such an elite conference? I think the teams, like if you look at like all the teams we play, it's the most competitive soccer I've ever played in yeah. my life. Every single game I play, I never leave thinking, hmm, that was so easy. I never leave a game like that. It's always work hard, play hard, strategic soccer. Yes, I, you said a very good thing there at the end, strategic. I think the coaching uh, overall, men's and women's, uh, is elite. I got a chance to call, to talk with Coach Dunn, Kaiser's uh, coach before they played Weber, and they're a brilliant team. I mean, you know how good they are. But across the entire conference, it, it is elite coaching. It's something that you may not see a lot of sports in the, at the NAI level, but you definitely can't say that about Sun Conference uh, soccer, especially on the women's side. Um, unfortunately, though, this is the final year of Thomas in the Sun Conference. Uh, the listeners, y'all, y'all hear a little bit more about how I think how big I think it would be um, if they win and this is kind of their last hurrah. But what would it mean to you and to all of Nighthawk Nation if y'all did win the Sun Conference tournament? It would mean so much to us. It would just like confirm all like the growth and the hard work that we have done together as a team including since last season, like you said, like we went from, you said it was like eight and nine. Right. Like we went from that to where we are now. Like it just confirms that growth for us. Yeah. I mean, that I, you hit the nail on there for me too, because you look at, I think y'all made the NAI tournament once um, in, in y'all's history. And for y'all's last year in the conference to gone from a team that's no usually first round exit, exactly. make playoffs, you go into you go into this year a four seed. I think y'all over y'all over uh, achieved as far as what many expected in the regular season. Then to go into the tournament and win that, it would be epic. And I hope I I hope there'd be some way I, I can be there for it. It would be <laughs> like if y'all were playing like Southeastern in the final, I'd be like, all right, I'm just gonna have to take the L. I'm I'm, I'm missing class. I I, I got. <laughs> I gotta get if it if it is in if it's nearby if the conference championship for men's or women's is like in the area I I, I gotta be there. Oh, you totally gotta go. Yeah, I, I gotta go. But uh, <laughs> uh, goalkeeping is one one of the hardest positions in my in my opinion. It is the hardest position to play in all, all of sports. I was a goalkeeper growing up. You're a goalkeeper now, an elite goalkeeper now. What's the biggest challenge that you face playing the position? So the biggest challenge I actually face is mental strength. It's always um, like I'm a student athlete right now. So I pile that on top of thinking, oh, if I would have made that, if I would have done something different in a game, it could have led to a win and not a goal. So like one, one small wrong move you make as a goalkeeper can lead to so many negative things. Like you take one step to the left when you should have taken a step to the right, just one step can ruin everything for you. So mental strength is definitely the hardest thing for me. Yeah. I think mental strength. I mean, you look across most positions in sports, it is one of the bigger things, but absolutely, you know, being a goalkeeper, you could go and have seven, eight good quality saves but the one time you give up a bad rebound or have one, like you said, you take that initial step to cover your front post, but then they curve it around and you're off balance. So you can't go back and make that say it's an extremely difficult spot. And people are like, oh, why didn't you do that? Well, it's happening. Bang, 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 bang. So fast. Mm-hmm. You so have to fast. think of everything in just like a split second. Yeah. And like you look at penalty kicks, like, why don't more goalkeepers say penalty kicks? You're basically guessing. If you're doing it off the shot, you might get lucky every now and then, but your best chance is, you know, 
pick a side and pick a side. Yep. Yeah. And the mental, I still think back five, six years ago when I was playing high school soccer, I'm like, if I would have made that save right there, the game's different. So yeah, that's like a big thing for me too. Like constantly everything will replay in my mind, even after the game trying to go to sleep. I'm like, Oh man, I should have done that. (laughs) Oh, if I gave up a howler in game, there's no, there wasn't going to be, there wasn't going to be sleeping. It was going to be, I'm I'm listening to Johnny cash. I'm turning it all the way up. (laughs) Leave me alone. I don't. Yeah. It's yeah. Like you said, the mental aspect of it, it's not just physically the hardest position, but I do think it's mentally because if you make a mistake early on in the game, one, they're going to be like, okay, we're going to start ripping more shots. You have to stay on top. And it's and it's not like uh, in baseball you have a pitcher. Pitcher gets tore up in the first couple of innings, get them out. You know, oftentimes with soccer, you're going to be in there most of the 90. I mean, you could put mm-hmm. another keeper in, but that's, that's not how you, you – you definitely not how you want to go out. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, what are some of the – you know, obviously mental – uh strength and men- mental uh the mental aspect <laughs> is probably the hardest part but what are some like little things that the average viewer the average watcher doesn't pick up on that makes you an elite goalkeeper i would say that i am always asking questions like you guys don't see it because we always go into the locker room or we're always in groups um after like the game or during halftime water break i am always asking questions you will see me walk up to my center backs Abby and Britt, um, and I will always ask them, like, hey, like, maybe we should do this. What do you think we should do instead? Should we step to her? Should we press her instead? Should we shift? Or at halftime, I'll ask our captain, Annalise, I'll say, hey, like, what should we do a little bit better? What should our defense do to help you guys out up at the top? Or I'll even talk to uh, Coach Julie, our coach. I'll say, hey, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to improve? Should I fix the way I'm sending a ball out to my center backs, what should I do? Is there, could you uh, possibly give like an example of how that's helped y'all this season? So uh, let's see. During our game against SCAD, one of the craziest games, in my uh, opinion, for me, <laughs> um, there was. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but we're talking about that game. I watched the first 75 minutes and missed the last 15. Oh, I remember you posting about that. Yeah. yeah. I had to go to, I was literally like in my shoulder pads watching it. Watch I'm like, I got to go. I got to go. This sucks. But yeah. And then that's like when everything went bonkers. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. It really did. You missed out the last 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> but um, I just thought of a better example. During Kaiser, one thing that we did was on our corners, we did something different. When uh, Kaiser was taking a corner against us, we did something completely different. Uh, I looked at Abby. I said, hey, we need to switch the way that we're pressing them. We need to switch it completely. And that's what she said. Are you sure? I said, let's do that. Like, what else do you think we should do? And that happens all in a quick second before the kickoff happened again. Right. No, that's incredible. I mean, that's kind of like the best. Like, Kaiser corner is not exactly uh, – Yeah. Or the end. That's what I was saying. I was like – uh, interesting with that one, but um, yeah, I mean those little adjustments. See, I my biggest issue when I was a goalkeeper it was I was a bad yeller. I would scream at my defense. <laughs> I should have to come up to him after the game like, "Hey man, I still love you." But when I tell you to shift right when they're when their left back is screaming down the right side, uh, we need to shift. But, oh, I I always tell everybody on the team like, listen, I'm a different person when it's on the field. Yeah. Like, don't take anything to heart, please. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, uh, something that we kind of like a parallel that you and I have is I grew up near Thomasville. <laughs> you grew up near Weber and now you go to Thomas and I go to Weber, kind of a weird little flip flop. Mm -hmm. But uh, you grew up in Lake City and you had to drive quite a bit playing club soccer and training with Z Goalkeeper Academy. How did club ball and goalkeeping and doing all that uh, traveling uh, help you develop into the keeper you are today? So working with uh, goalkeeper, the Goalkeeper Academy, uh, his name's Coach Rick. Um, he's always pushed me to like my my extent all the yeah. time. Like when I thought that I've reached the level that I could reach, he was always like, no, you need to step it up two more steps. Yeah. And he he's always believed in me and he knew I had the potential since day one. Um, he's also, he was also very brutally honest. I will never yeah. forget the summer going into freshman year of uh, college. He noticed that I was being so sluggish. I was tired at one camp I went to. And he said, just because you committed doesn't mean you get to slack off now. Yeah. Get off your lazy butt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah. like with travel ball, it really exposed me to, a bunch of different types of soccer and it really opened my eyes on how serious soccer is taken. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I talk to other like international students and they talk about club soccer, how it's so big, I think that's something that in the United States, we got to start picking up like more and put more of an emphasis because I'm um, talking with guys who have played um, in South America and Europe. It's a completely different ball game. It's they're playing for their national club. They're playing for, actual clubs who are you know like an academy like a barcelona academy um I, hopefully that's somewhere that we continue to grow but i say the only thing crazier than a goalkeeper is i think along with um it being the hardest position is to it consists of the most uh psychopaths uh the only thing crazier than a goalkeeper is a goalkeeper coach so i can definitely i definitely oh, yeah. I, i've had a, quite a few in my day who um I can't say on this podcast, I can't say uh, the words that they said, but yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah it's I know. <laughs> yeah. Enough said, enough said. Um, so like you said, uh, or like we were talking about earlier, you kind of got in touch with uh, Thomasville or Thomas University through uh, your coach at the Goalkeeper Academy. What were some of like the deciding factors that led you to Thomasville? So there was one question I asked every school that I visited, and it was, um, I want a team that is like a family. Would you say your team is built that way? And every coach would say the same answer, and it was just the answer you wanted to hear. It was all positive and happy. Right. Well, Coach Julie, she she told me that the team here is just like a family, and uh, just like a family, everything it isn't perfect. Some days we're going to fight for each other, and some days you're going to fight each other. But at the end of the day, we all come together. And that was the answer she gave me. And I was like, that is that is exactly what I want. The truth. I mean, it's the truth from a coach. Like, think about your actual family. Not everything's happy 24-7. I mean, you have fights with parents, with siblings, with this, that, and the other. And for a coach to tell you, oh, yeah, we're a big, happy family. Everything's great. Well, I mean, that's a lie. You can kind of sniff that one out pretty quickly. But for coach yeah. to be like – yeah, we're going to fight some days, but in the, the day, it, no, I got when, when your back's against the wall, I got your back. And I think that's the key to a great team, which y'all have obviously become. But uh, would you say that's one of the things that kind of makes Thomas a special place? Yes, it most definitely is. Everybody having each other's back. And honestly, 
it's the hospitality. Like everybody is there for you. Everybody is. I know it probably sounds like cliche, but small town hospitality yeah, is it, real. No, no, I, I get it. South Georgia. It's South small town it's, South it's Georgia. It's the Southern hospitality. <laughs> Absolutely. Gosh, I'm on, we're gonna miss that in, in the conference next year. We need that Southern hospitality. But we lost. We lost USCB, and that we're losing Thomas. We got SCAD. Other than that, we're just a bunch of Florida folk down here. <laughs> Is it, nothing wrong with Florida folk. <laughs> no, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with nothing wrong with. It. But um, I'll say this: the one thing I do miss about Georgia is actual seasons. Like it's it, it's never cool down here. It's just hot. It's it's yeah. It's it a bit no. too much. Like, <laughs> may, like maybe like January, February. But like I miss like it being Halloween. Like I gotta wear a hoodie. I was like, you know. It's oh my gosh! Oh, you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. Well, Leave off with this last question uh, for you. What is what are some of your favorite moments that you've had in Thomasville? Um, I would say my the this season it was the SCAD game. Like obviously I had just come off a concussion. For, yeah. I was gone for two weeks, right? And mm-hmm. I tell you not, I was a nervous wreck. It felt like I was a freshman all <laughs> not, over you're again. Not, you're shocking me right now. I was a nervous wreck. I remember going to our trainer um, at halftime saying, I, I, I'm so nervous right now. I'm so anxious. <laughs> After that first half, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this or not. <laughs> <laughs> and look, look, at, look at what happened. One of the best performances that we've seen in between the post this year. I mean, I'd say that one, then yours against um, who's y'all's play? Uh, St. Saint, Saint Thomas. No. Um, Who'd you just have 15 saves against? It was against St. Thomas, right? Yeah, St. Thomas. Yeah, I thought so. Well, hopefully you won't have to have that many shots against you uh, this coming up Saturday. If you do, I'm sure you'll do great. Uh, Emily, thank you so much for coming on. Good luck Saturday. If you have anything else you want, wanted to add on, the mic's all yours. Uh, I am so thankful that you invited me on, and we hope that everybody can tune in at 11 to watch our game against St. Thomas and watch us win. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Emily. Have a good one. Go Nighthawks. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thanks again to Emily for coming on and good luck to the Thomas Nighthawks. We'll be breaking down the brackets here shortly. But before we do that, a word from our sponsor, Believe It Nutrition. Believe It Nutrition located at 2027 State Road 60 East in Lake Wells, Florida. They have healthy protein shakes, energizing drinks and teas. Love. I've had a couple different things over there, including their protein shakes or like a meal replacement. Love it. Great for athletes. Get that protein, a little bit of boost throughout the day. Their premium shake of the week this week is cherry pie, and their tea of the week is sweater weather. You can do call-ahead orders at 863-949-6593. Again, believe it, nutrition located at 2027 State Road, 60 East in Lake Wells, Florida. Go give them a shot. Okay, where do we get started? We got a lot to unpack. I think we'll start with what happened midweek. Not a ton. We did crown a volleyball champion. It is the St. Thomas Bobcats. The road to the NAIA tournament in the Sun Conference will run through Miami Gardens, Florida. Look, they've been the best team all, all year. They are playing excellent volleyball. They've won 13 in a row. Coach Bato has got things going in the right direction down there for St. Thomas. Um, other than that, Southeastern pulled out the brooms on weather. Excuse me, Weber. <laughs> Uh, they pulled out the brooms on Weber, 3 nothing, and it looked like that could have been disaster for the Warriors. However, they got some help from their team across the lake. Team, one of the best rivalries school-wise in the conference, Weber Warner, 
The Warner Volleyball gets their first conference win of the year, beating Coastal Georgia in four sets on senior night in Lake Wales, Florida. And that was huge, huge for the Warriors as they are looking pretty good right now in the overall grand scheme of things in the volleyball as we are pretty much wrapping up. It looks like we are pretty much all set as long as everybody takes care of business how it looks like they will. The big one will be in Babson Park with Warner versus Weber. Coastal Georgia would need for Weber to win, or excuse me, for Warner to win. But even still, I don't, I don't think that will help. I do believe Weber will win this one against Warner, take care of business, wrap up that sixth spot in the conference, and Coastal Georgia is going to have enough on their hands as they take on Kaiser Seahawks. And I'm not, uh, not a, not. I wouldn't be too hopeful about that one if I were Coastal Georgia. I do think that Kaiser is hitting a stride. They just beat Ave Maria in a great five-set thriller, and they are looking to maybe get that two seed. They're not completely out of it. They would need for Ave to Maria to drop this weekend, and they would have to win against Coastal Georgia. Uh, I don't really see that happening. I think Ave does have a tough test on their hands as they are taking on Florida Memorial 7 p.m. senior night for the Gyrenes, and I just think it – It'll be a little bit too much for Flomo, and therefore Kaiser will go down in that three seed. Southeastern would remain the four seed, Flomo the, the five seed, and then Weber the six seed. I think that's how things will end up finishing in volleyball for the Sun Conference. Um, lots got still got to see. You never know, never know. But it does look like it, what we do know 100% St. Thomas has won the Sun Conference regular season. It will run through Miami Gardens. Looks like Ave uh, will most likely get that by. And that will set up Weber versus Kaiser. And remember, last time these two played, Weber did get the first two sets. Kaiser pulled out the reverse sweep. I'm just saying. I wouldn't put it past Weber to maybe do something, but if that is the matchup, I do think Kaiser would move on to face, uh, I believe, Ave Maria. And then you would have Southeastern versus Florida Memorial, which I think is the premier game of that quarterfinal matchup. And whew, I, I, I don't even want to give a prediction. I, I, I want to see things play out this weekend before we get in, into predicting that game. I think that will be a five-set matchup either way. It's been tough to win in the furnace, though. Uh, it's been one of the better environments, tougher places to play. I believe Flomo played there earlier this year and lost and four sets. So we'll just see what happens this weekend in volleyball and then move on from there as we are getting close to playoff action in volleyball. But it is here. Playoff atmosphere is back in the Sun Conference. I've missed it. It is back. So what should we start with first? I believe we will start with ladies. First. We'll go ladies first and take a little bit of a preview at what we got going down this weekend. Two games. Three seed SCAD versus six seed Weber in Savannah, Georgia. But before that one, at 11 a.m. in Thomasville, Georgia, it's the Thomas off. The St. Thomas Bobcats, who have received votes for most of the year, against a team – the goalkeeper we just had on. Against a team that is playing extremely good soccer. Against a team that gave the number one team in the nation, the Kaiser Seahawks, the biggest scare. That's the Thomas Nighthawks. And this is, I, 
of the two women's quarterfinal matchups, I do believe this is the better game. So we'll, we'll hold off on previewing that one. We'll look ahead at what's happening over on, in East Georgia with SCAD versus Weber. SCAD coming off their, I'd say, their most disappointing week of the, of the season. Uh, they were on top of the world. They were on top of my world, honestly. I mean, I was like, this team could beat Kaiser. This team could make a run in the NAI tournament and win it. They should be a top two or three pick to win it to – they got to do something now in the tournament, or they may not make the NAI tournament if they flounder out quickly. For that very reason, I think the SCAD Bees are going to make a statement win over Weber International University. I think it will get ugly fast, and I think it will be almost a recap of what a repeat of what happened a couple weeks ago in Savannah when Weber came to town. I think we see them get that mojo back. I believe we'll see the midfield led by Berglund Balder's daughter step it up a notch, and we see that connection again with the midfield with and then with the forwards and Sadal and Summer. I think things get fixed very quickly for SCAD. I think they were I think they had dead legs a little bit, maybe. I, I don't know if it was dead legs. They were maybe expecting something different down in Florida with Southeastern and Kaiser. We all know how it went. Six nothing was a combined loss. Two nothing to Kaiser that won them the Sun uh, the Sun Conference regular season title, and then the four nothing loss. They went from a potential one seed to a three seed really fast. I'm sure they would have loved to be sitting at home this weekend, like the Seahawks and like the Fire. Unfortunately for the Bees, that's not how it went. But I do think they get a statement win over Weber. So we'll head down to the two two nine Southwest Georgia Thomas St. Thomas. This is going to be a defensive master class we have two of the top keepers in the country we have two of the best back lines in the conference this is going to be a defensive matchup and in the defensive matchup who wins it comes down to who wins in the midfield and i think they are extremely extremely close but i do think the thomas nighthawks do have a slight advantage in that midfield, got Hannah Keen. Uh, but up top, up top, I do think you have one of the best strikers in the nation and Annalisa Wilkes. I think that will be enough for Thomas to get one past the Bobcats. And I think we have another shutout in net. But not only in net, but I think that the back line for Thomas will prove once again that they are elite uh, I think Emily will be called called upon to make some good saves, but the defense will hold it to maybe five or six instead of what we've seen where Emily has to make 13, 14, 15 saves in a game. I don't think that would be the case. I think one nothing Thomas in a very, very close matchup in the 2-2-9. If, and it's a big if, these two things do happen, the matchups would then be a potential rematch of a controversial game with Thomas taking on Kaiser, and then a rematch of, well, a 4 nothing beatdown in Lakeland with SCAD traveling to Southeastern. Now, that game's on a Tuesday, so the odds of me being able to be there for that game are low. Uh, I could say maybe if it's a 7 o'clock kickoff, getting there for the second half, um, noon kickoff, probably wouldn't be able to be there due to class schedule, which sucks. Um, 
I guarantee, look, <laughs> teachers probably won't like this one. Parents probably not either. But I guarantee if this game is on during one of my classes, I'm going to have the game on. I'm going to have this game. I'll be watching live. I promise that. If it, it However, way, both this goes for both games, obviously. Um, actually, I'm taking a look at it now. Just pulled it up. It says it will be a 7 p.m. kickoff uh, in Lakeland, Florida, for, if, for whoever wins the SCAD Weber game. I think I'd get out there for that one, possibly. Uh, I'll be really interested in the Kaiser-Thomas game, if that is what happens. Um, both, both games uh, with Kaiser against the, these opponents, St. Thomas and Thomas. By the way, we got to do a better job. I'm looking at the Sun Conference uh, Instagram. Looking at their bracket, got some weird-looking logos. I'll leave it at that. Um, Thomas versus St. Thomas. Uh, excuse me, Kaiser versus Thomas and St. Thomas. 2 nothing to St. Thomas and 2-1 in that uh, very uh, good game in Thomasville, Georgia. However, I, what I can say is this game would be played in beautiful West Palm Beach and not Thomasville during the one of the colder uh fronts that come through Georgia every now and then that make you think it's winter, but then it's 75 degrees Then, like two days later. It's just like Florida. South Georgia is just like Florida weather. It's weird. Just a different kind of weird. If that makes sense to you, it should. Been... But yeah, um, <laughs> Kaiser uh, will take on the winner of Thomas and St. Thomas. But let's look ahead to the men's soccer bracket. I think this one uh, is kind of – is very similar. I think you have one game that won't particularly be particularly be close, and you got another game that's going to be a nail-biter. Uh, I think that SCAD did an excellent job down the stretch. I think them getting those wins, getting some very important points down the stretch, where it's like, okay, ball's in your court. You can make the tournament if you do this, this, this. They did not stumble into this tournament by any means. In fact, I would say Southeastern stumbled into this tournament. 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 I get excited. I get myself all hyped up. No reason. No reason. Anyways, I think SCAD is going to go into Southeastern happy with what they've done this year. But I think Southeastern is looking at how they finish as a little bit of a disappointment. I'll light a fire under them, no pun intended at all. And I think Southeastern does win this game handily, something to the tune of 4-1. One thing that does concern me, they're a little banged up. Fire a little, little banged up. And that we all know injuries are the great equalizer. But especially in the NAI, with you know rosters not quite as deep as what you would see at higher levels, but – I don't think that will matter. I do think Southeastern will handle this one. Not if they if they if they come out flat footed, totally different story. But I don't think they'll do that. I think they will take care of business against the bees and move on to Miami Gardens. Uh, but down in the bottom of the bracket, Thomas versus Weber is going to be a slugfest. Now, Alan Fierdman, not sure if he's going to be playing or not. That's huge. Whether or not. The Warriors have their captain in their left back. Makes all the difference in this game. However, we want to talk about teams limping into or how they're doing heading in to the tournament. We can say one thing for certain. 100,000% sure. The Thomas Nighthawks are flying mighty high right now. 
mighty, mighty high. And I don't know if the Warriors are going to be able to keep up with them. They got a lot of firepower, do the Nighthawks. Kevin Daly and Connor Perry up top have been playing tremendous soccer. They are playing – I watched them play against Warner, and I watched some highlights of the Southeastern game. They are playing like an English Premier League style where they're going to suffocate you. They're going to translate well on the counterattack. And the most important things about soccer at this level – is when they get a chance, they don't miss often. They are extremely clinical in front of goal. They have the hottest player in the country right now in Connor Perry. He is the reigning, defending NAIA Offensive Player of the Week. And they have a really good keeper in goal. And they got a good back line. And they got a strong midfield. And if I'm looking across all aspects of the Sun Conference right now. And by that, by that I mean with men's soccer, women's soccer, and soon-to-be volleyball. So the three tournaments that are going on right now are about to get started. Not 100% sure who that three seed is going to be, but it doesn't matter. If you tell me, or four seed in volleyball, doesn't matter. If you put a gun to my head and say, Reagan, pick a four, five, or six seed, to win their tournament, I would pick the Thomas Nighthawks of men's soccer. I think they are the best, quote-unquote, lower seed. Now, if you throw in the three, it's a tougher discussion because I think Kaiser Volleyball could mess around and do something. I also am fully behind the SCAD B still. Whew. I, I think SCAD is going to cruise past Weber, but good Lord, that match, that rematch of them and Southeastern is going to be electric. Anyways, um, I do think the Thomas Nighthawks are the best four, five, or six seed you could ask for. Uh, you know, you look at tournaments like this, you often say, okay, whoever wins that four or five matchup is just up to slaughter against a one seed. Uh, I think women's soccer, Kaiser will be a heavy, heavy favorite. In volleyball, St. Thomas volleyball will be a heavy, heavy favorite. <laughs> Kaiser got all they could handle against Thomas last time they played. Now, obviously, it will be in West Palm Beach. You want to talk about some beef. You want to talk about, you want to talk about going out the right way? Thomas has got a chance here to really go out the right way. What do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is these two teams, their men's and women's soccer teams, are in a very similar boat right now. They have had good regular seasons. Good. Not great. Definitely not bad. They've had good. Good won't get you in the NAIA tournament. It won't. Simple as that. What would get you in the NAIA tournament and what would set a tone and look, Obviously, I love this conference. Thomas is leaving this conference. And what better way to leave this conference than your men's and women's soccer team go and play the number one seed, the 
I wouldn't say the poster child. I wouldn't say Kaiser is the poster child of the Sun Conference. I would say that title has gone a little bit more to Southeastern of late. But either way, this is the one seed. These are teams. This is the defending national champion on the men's side. This is the national champion by far favorite on the women's side. What better way to leave this conference than beating the number one seed Kaiser Seahawks? as a Thomas Nighthawks, a team that you feel like you got robbed. And this is the truth. Thomas feels like they got robbed. Let's just put it all out on the table. I beat around the bush a little bit on the last couple. I'll put it all on the table. The Thomas Nighthawks feel like they got robbed in women's soccer and robbed in men's soccer. Simple as that. So what better way for the Nighthawks to be like, goodbye, Sun Conference. I'm going to beat the Kaiser Seahawks in men's and women's soccer. Do I think that's going to happen? Nope, I sure don't. No, I don't. I don't think that will happen. I think if I think if we get that matchup now, depending how they play, well, now if Thomas goes out and beats St. Thomas 5-0, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Same with Weber and men's soccer. But right now, I, I, I don't see it. How, but bring it back to my point, what better way for them to say goodbye, Sun Conference, than knocking out Kaiser? Now, I do think, it would, it's irrelevant as far as Kaiser is concerned on the NAI. I think they are both in, no matter what happens in the tournament. But Thomas, and it's another reason why I'm not saying it's the craziest thing in the world if Thomas beats Kaiser. Thomas needs to win that game a lot more. This is I'm talking men's and women's. Now, obviously, they got to take care of business against St. Thomas and against Weber first. But if they do, I'm going to have a field day with the storylines coming out of West Palm Beach and Thomasville, Georgia. All right, before I kick it over to Josh to do the football coverage this week, we had some uh, we had some news drop. We had something I didn't know was happening this early, and that's just because I'm dumb and I don't know things. Allegedly. I don't know. But the preseason polls for baseball and softball in the NAI drop. Uh, look, we don't have to beat around the bush here. Y'all know my thoughts usually on NAIA polls. I hate them. I don't like them. I don't like the way they're done. I think they're incredibly inaccurate. I do not like them. I do not have hardly a single problem with where any Sun Conference team is ranked in the preseason polls. I know, right? Like, it's shy. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you are I don't care. I, I think, I think one, preseason polls are irrelevant. They don't matter. But I took a look at this, and I saw in baseball. We'll start with baseball. Southeastern, one. Duh. St. Thomas, eight. I don't hate that. Weber, nine. I would have flip-flopped them. I would put Weber, eight. St. Thomas, nine. But don't hate it. I don't hate it. Uh, I think you could have seen South uh, St. Thomas be as high as seven. I think you could have saw, seen Weber as high as six. I don't hate them 8 and 9. I think that's very, very fair. And the Kaiser Seahawks are 25th. Fair. That's after you. They lost their best player. Tim Bouchard is no longer there. They didn't do anything in the postseason. I mean, they did a little bit in the Sunconference tournament. They did nothing. They were hot, very disappointing in their run in, where were they at? Faulkner? I believe they were in Faulkner. I was disappointed. I thought they would win that region, and they didn't. They Who did they lose to? It was Reinhardt. And Faulkner. I think it was in Faulkner. Pretty sure. And then as for women's, or excuming women's. So I've gotten so used to doing men's soccer and women's soccer, women's soccer, uh, and softball. Anyways. Southeastern Fire number four. Perfect. 
exactly where they should be. They are the fourth best team in the country coming in. They're going to win the Red Banner this year, but whatever. We'll get into that later. Southeastern at four. I like that. Coastal Georgia at 18. No problems there. Um, I think, if anything, that was a bit high for Coastal. I think we you could have saw them in that 20 to 25 range. But 18, I'll take it. I think that's a very fair rating for them. I'm happy with it. The one I did not like, the one I liked the least, and it, it, initially I was like, ooh, I'm going to talk bad about this on the podcast. And I looked at it a little bit more. Not terrible. Weber International University comes in at 23 overall. That's 13 spots lower than what they were at the end of the year. You don't see that often. But looking into it a little bit more, they finished 10th. They made the World Series, finished 10th, got ran out. They were swept away. They lost to Southeastern on a walk-off, and they lost, I believe, 3-0 to Freed Hardman. Very good team. 13 spots. That seems like a lot. Go from 10 to 13, 23. But when you lose your three best hitters, your best player, the best pitcher in the country, Kayla Swenson, was the heart and soul of that team last year. There, there, there's no debating it, no doubt about it. She's gone. She's at St. Leo. Your coach leaves. The entire, you have an entire coaching staff turnover. Now, I think Coach Buck is a really good coach, and I think that Weber will finish higher than 23 at the end of the year. But I don't hate them at 23. I thought we would see them in that 15 to 20 range. I, honestly, I would say everything would have been perfect for me if you flip-flop Coastal and Weber. I think then it's perfect. No complaints. Uh, I don't like Weber at 23, but I like Coastal 18, Southeastern at 4, and men's Southeastern at 1, St. Thomas 8, Weber 9, Kaiser 25. I'm happy. I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. I'm And it's miraculous. I mean, I'm sure a lot, a lot of y'all are like, well, what the heck, Reagan? You usually hate it. I do. I do. I usually think they're terrible. I think they're inaccurate. They killed it. It's perfect. They, it's, per, it's Baseball especially. The only thing I would change, Weber, St. Thomas, switch 8 and 9. And if you're complaining about one spot, you're doing too much. It's a preseason poll. doesn't matter. It does not matter as much as you may think it matters. It's a preseason poll. So, yep. All right. I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to shoot it over to Josh. Love y'all. Have a great weekend. Here is Josh with a football preview. What a big weekend in Sun Conference football. Um, we got three pretty big matchups going on this weekend, starting with Ave Maria traveling to Miami Gardens to play Florida Memorial. Weber International headed to St. Thomas and Miami Gardens for a huge, huge matchup this weekend. And then Southeastern travels to Warner. Um, you know, Warner's been struggling this year. Southeastern uh, should be able to get stay on track, you know, get a big win for, you know, trending towards the end of the season. But let's get started with, with Ave versus Florida Memorial. Um, Flomo has, has been the punching bag, like we've recently said, and it seems like this might happen once again with Kaiser beating Ave Maria in a heartbreaker. So I look to see Ave Maria really handle Florida Memorial this weekend. Um, so I got the Gyrenes over the Lions. Um, moving on, Southeastern will travel to Warner, and I believe this will be this will get out of hand rather quickly. Um, Southeastern played a really good game last week, um, forty-one to seventeen. Looking to continue that offense with Kalen Wiggins, who was SunCast Player of the Week last week. 
Um, so, you know, I have the fire over the Royals in a big fashion. And moving on to our last game of the weekend, which is quite frankly, one of the biggest games of the season for the Sun Conference in football. Weber travels to St. Thomas. Weber is has St. Thomas and Kaiser remaining. And this will be St. Thomas's, or okay, St. Thomas plays Weber this week and Southeastern next week. This is a must-win game for both teams. If Weber is able to knock off the Bobcats, it will be a championship Saturday next week in Babson Park against Kaiser. And if St. Thomas pulls it off, Weber will then have two Sun Conference losses and eliminated from contention. Um... And that would allow St. Thomas to beat Southeastern. And then if Weber were to beat Kaiser, they would both have one loss, which would move the Seahawks as the Sun Conference champion. But diving a little deeper into the Weber-St. Thomas game, um, Weber has been playing some really good football all year long. Two really close losses could have went the other way, and you could see a 7-0 and Weber team. But 5-2, and two heartbreakers. Um, St. Thomas has been has been uh, reliant heavily on the on the running game. Rontavious Farmer approaching a, a thousand yards rushing on the year. Um, Weber has also been pretty reliant on the run as of late. Last week, uh, starting quarterback Cody Braden went down right before the half, and f- true freshman Blake Burschler came in and um, took over for the Warriors. He ended up throwing two touchdown passes. But they really relied on that run game in the second half. So it would be interesting to see, A, if Cody Braden's healthy enough to go, or B, how they're going to approach the Bobcats with Blake Birchler under center. Um, Weber played a, a team last week who has played really good competition, and they they were pretty balanced on offense. They ran, ran the ball, you know, threw the ball. It was kind of, you know, really balanced Um Weber did a, a pretty nice job besides two busted plays. They only really gave up one long drive. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how St. Thomas game plans for the Warriors because the linebackers are strong with Jeremy Muse, you know, Parker Sneed, and the defensive line has been really good in the secondary as well, led by Trent Peacock. Um, can't forget about Devontae Harris, that linebacker for Weber. Um, those guys, you know, they fly around and make, you know, create turnovers, tackle for loss. Um, so... It's going to be interesting to see also how Weber approaches St. Thomas, um, their running game, and Rontavious Farmer because no one has had luck, any luck, stopping Rontavious Farmer, who will most likely be, in my opinion, the Suncast Player of the Year. But um, I like I like the Warriors here. The Warriors are on are playing really good football on a two-game winning streak. St. Thomas, I think, might be a little comfortable on their home field, and I think Weber's going to come punch him in the mouth and. I like the Warriors in a close one. I think this will be a shootout, but I like the Warriors in a close one. But one thing I wanted to conclude with was the some statistics for uh, as of late. Um, like I mentioned, Rontavious Farmer threw eight games, 1,131 yards, and Marcus Burgess with 1,104 yards, with Burgess having one more game played. So I believe Rontavious Farmer will be the leading rusher. Um, throughout through seven or eight nine games, it looks like Shea Spencer has sixteen hundred yards with Tyler Thomas with shortly behind him with fourteen hundred yards approaching fifteen hundred. Um, Cody Braden with just over a thousand and Kalen Wiggins about around twelve hundred. 
Um, so it's coming down to the wire, but it's looking like Shea Spencer may run away with the passing title and receiving Sequan uh, no, uh, Opierre for St. Thomas looks to be the champ and receiving with 617 yards and five touchdowns. Um, but the reception leaders, Jalen Arnold, 41 catches on the year, has been catching a bunch of balls all all year, every game. And on defense, our leading tackler, Mark Vicek, with 75 total tackles. Um, I mean, he's it's kind of crazy because he's a defensive back. You normally don't see defensive backs. I believe he's a defensive back. Let me check that. I don't know what happened. Sorry about that, guys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he he's going to lead the, the conference with seventy at 75 tackles right now. We'll see how the last few games go. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, like I mentioned, I like the Jirenes. Um, I like the Fire, and I like the Warriors this week. And one other thing I wanted to get into before um, we end the episode was a little bit of of college football this week two really big games this week excuse me voice keeps cracking um tennessee georgia i like the volunteers here even though reagan will probably you know punch me here's here's me say that um and then you also have lsu and alabama and i like i like the tigers so i guess that's going to be my upset this week lsu over bama alabama's a 13 and a half point favorite um and another game that's that's uh, interesting to watch is going to be that Clemson Notre Dame game. Notre Dame just beat um, Syracuse, who was six and one. Clemson has been shaky, but eight knows eight no. So you know, watch out for the Irish. They're playing better football as of late. And also Texas Tech and TCU at noon. That could be interesting for the Horn Frogs. But I like I like the Horn Frogs still. But yes, I uh, really interested to see how this weekend goes in the Sun Conference with uh, Kaiser. No, I'm sorry, Kaiser has a bye. Weber and St. Thomas, Southeastern and Warner and Ave Maria and Flomo. Can't wait to see the results. Um, I'll be tuning in all weekend long, and um, I hope you guys have a great, great weekend. Um, thank you guys for watching. As always, love you guys. Uh, peace.